Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. TheChairShot.com TheChairShot.com Always, always use your head. You are now listening to ChairShot Radio. Always use your head. Podcast listeners and devices all over the world. You've watched WandaVision. You've heard of Justice League. But tonight you're getting Head Trauma, Cherish Out Radio, the Midweek Mainstay. No? That's not that'll do it for you? That was pretty good. I mean, I have not watched WandaVision. Well, then, you know, look, so. We were going to record a show tonight, y'all, but we're done. That's it. That's it for the show. <laughs> I, I, I didn't slate one division. I've heard nothing but good things about it, but it's just I just haven't had the the opportunity to watch it yet. Well, ladies and gentlemen, and all those in between, my name is Ray Cash, aka Rants, and I am one half of the wonderful twosome that may not be much longer. Uh, uh, you know, I've killed off another. I've killed off another podcast teammate. Well, you know, with me, with my two sons, it's just habit now. I get fired live on shows. Um, but uh, yes, this is Chair Shot Radio. This is Happy Thursday, the Midwing Mainstay. Got your your weekly dose of some head trauma, and let me introduce my esteemed brother, my uh, co-host, aka the Big Fish of the Pond. Yeah, because, right, they call it English Channel the Pond. That works. Yep. I got Mr. Mags uh, with me, Magsy. How you doing, sir? Glub, 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 glub. That's fish speak for I'm doing good. <laughs> he speaks fish now. You and Aquaman <laughs> will get along quite well. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to make it a goal of mine every week to have the absolute worst intro as we keep going. That's fun for me. Nailed it. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Um, Yeah, man. Thursday, a lot of stuff's happened this week. A lot of stuff. You know, um, not just... We're going to talk a little wrestling. We're going to talk a lot of UFC. That's uh, something I think that we bring to the table more than any other show. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, But sports, free agency, and NFL's opened up. Uh, Down here in America, it's uh, NCAA... March Madness, March Madness season. Um, everything happening now, bro. It's it's a crazy time and it's a really busy time in the world of um, in the world of entertainment. You know, I am one third, of, well, fourth technically, because Tony of the bandwagon nerds crew. Uh, everything come out this week. Fat Falcon and Winter Soldier. You got uh, the movie with uh, I think it's called Cherry with Tom Holland and Daisy mm-hmm. Ridley, yeah. and. Uh, Four hours of Zack Snyder's cut of Justice League. Um, you know, last week we had, I believe it was last week or the week before, Ryan, the last draft. Everything is happening right now. Mm-hmm. So, sunny days. I know I know you're in the black country, so it's always dark. And yeah, yeah. It's always overcast. It's cloudy <laughs> over here. But it's sunny days, like they say on Sesame Street for the world. So, um, but, uh, I want you to I want you to drive this time, brother, because you texted me with the perfect idea for this show. So I bequeath the wheel to my brother, Mr. Max. Yeah, so that's a, a really great segue with uh with all those uh entertainment uh outlets all reopening uh and with uh, big portions of America and the world becoming kind of open for business again, getting back to a little bit of normality. UFC have announced, I mean, 
first of all, let me get into a bit of context. UFC have provided us with a year of banging content. Um, when when the the COVID pandemic first uh, first hit, uh, Dana was adamant that UFC wouldn't stop. I had reservations. I thought, yeah, he's, he's, this is Dana being Dana, risking fighters' health and risking the health of fans. But he nailed it. They had the best protocol uh, of any sports company. Um, very few uh, outbreaks of COVID really kind of uh, worked the system well. And they give us week on week top quality entertainment um in some some weeks we had three shows per week so UFC really kind of took the ball and ran with it and now that uh, Florida is open for business uh they are eager to get back in front of fans so this week we got the announcement that UFC 261 is going to uh take place in uh, Jacksonville Florida where uh, shout out to to the AEW, shout out to the root beer company. (laughs) So it's going to be at the Varstar Veterans Memorial Arena and uh, Dana has has confirmed it's going to be full capacity, 15,000 fans, uh, tickets going on sale very, very soon. Now, is this going to undo all the good work that UFC have done in, in keeping COVID at bay? Is this going to be a super spreader event? Possibly. But the, the, the reality is Florida is open for business and these companies are in the business of making money. So they are going to want to put shows on. The issue is, is that at the risk of 15,000 fans? I got a ton of I got a ton of feelings about this. I got a ton. But first off, let me say, just like you started off. Dana White deserves all the commendations that are possible mm-hmm. because I too, I, I laughed, I scoffed at Fight Island. They're going to like me and Platt were joking that there was going to be like Survivor and they were going to come on boats mm-hmm. with like hula dudes. I know this ain't even in, this isn't in the Pacific, but hula dudes dancing with fire sticks and stuff. But he has had the only consistent I don't say only because WWE's been there too. But like, you know, one of the, the only consistent sporting event mm-hmm. the entire time. And you you hit it on the head. It's gone out largely without a hitch. They've had they've had some people come down with stuff. Um, you know, they've had some fights that for whatever reason can happen. I'm looking at you, Leon Edwards and uh other homie from Dagestan. That it's never gonna happen, clearly. Uh <laughs> but uh yeah, shout out to that. I want to give him credit before I tear him down. Um, a business owner's got to do what's best for their business. I completely agree with that. However, he didn't need to do this. The Etihad was full for the last fight in, in Dubai. Mm-hmm. So, like, you don't have to do this here. And, man, forgive me for taking you here because I don't like to go super political on air. But I know... Um, Dana, Dana is a Trump supporter and on the Republican side of the fence. And a lot of those people, no, I mean, no disrespect to anybody who believes in that area. A lot of those people aren't believers in the science of the... Mm-hmm. Of the he, he's, he said as much. He said as much that he thinks it's just a, a souped-up uh, flu virus. Well, a souped-up flu virus in 1918 killed, like, millions of people. It's the most deadly virus in the history of the world. Mm-hmm. So, like, the flu is no big deal. The flu, I'm, I'm sorry. Let me change. Let me fix that. The flu isn't just no big deal. It is a big deal. Like, even with flu vaccines of the regular influenza vi- virus, we still lose millions of people a year. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's a really dumbass thing to think about. But nonetheless, everybody has their right. But surely that thought process led to him saying, well, if we're going to buck the trend, we're going to be first. And... uh I would, couldn't be me. Couldn't be me, bro. And he did say that. He said that uh, nearly, um, I'd say about nine months ago, when uh, there was the the slightest hints that we may be getting over the first lap bump and, and uh, before we got the massive second wave, he wanted to be. He said, we will be the first sport back. We will be the first uh, 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 events back in, in uh, arenas. And it took him nine extra months but he's, he's, he's doing it. 
And you know, it's ironic because that deck card is loaded, but it's main main, the three championship fights. But the main main event is the pride of Usman's from Nigeria, right? Yeah. The Nigerian nightmare, the pride of Nigeria, Kamaru Usman versus what you call him? Street Jesus? Street Jesus. Game bread. Mr. Jorge Masvidal, and we all know if you follow Masvidal that he is an ardent Trump supporter. Mm-hmm. So that is the perfect fight for him to be painting of any. And it's quite frankly, Mags, this is a fight I would, in perfect situation, love to be at. Because one of my favorite, I've never told you this before, but one of my favorite fighters in the entire UFC is the thug. Rose Namahumis is my girl. I love her. So to see her and, and uh Zhang Welly fight for the for that championship, like it it's a great card and Jessica Andrade's fighting for it. It's a fantastic card, but I can't I, I can't think about shit else, but these people like we laughed about Jericho doing the at the Sturgis rally, mm-hmm. doing the shows with Fozzie, right? But like there were reports and I don't believe what you want to believe. I know how the news cycle is here in America. It, hell, over there too. But there are reports that tens of thousands of people came from that rally and those concerts with COVID. Yeah. So, and that's an open air area. This is indoors. Mm-hmm. And and you were uh, saying uh, um, just before we started recording the way that um, uh, football as uh, as kind of uh, embraced bringing fans back is by having pods in open-air arenas. This is not going to have that. This is going to have people sat butt-cheek to butt-cheek, full up. I mean, you know UFC fans are all going to want to go to this. They're going to, they're not going to uh, be bothered about risking their, their health. They, these will sell out as soon as they go on sale. And, yeah, it's got the potential to be a massive super-spreader event. But business is business, unfortunately, and, and these guys... Want to make that sweet, sweet money? And, and also, so you saved me from asking you a stupid question because I was going to ask: Do you think it sells out? Do you think it sells out? Yeah, I mean, you you mentioned Jorge Masvidal on a fight in Florida. He could be fighting himself. He could be fighting a bum off the streets, and he would that would sell out. Yeah, but he is fighting fighting the champion, mm-hmm. who's maybe the most dominant welterweight we've seen since GSP. Arguably, so, arguably. Yeah, so that's a point. That's a great point. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's been so far there's been four fights uh, announced for this, and even the the non-title fight is a Anthony Smith is a beast, yeah. <laughs> Lionheart, who um, he's obviously challenged for the title uh, uh, on a couple of occasions, never quite able to to get over that uh, that hump, but he's still elite level, and he's facing Jimmy Crew, who. Um, I mean, you, you can listen to Carlos wax lyrical about Jimmy Crew all day long. He absolutely loves his style. The guy's 12-1, and one, really kind of knocking on the door of that light heavyweight division. That's going to be a banger of a fight in itself. And then that leads into three title fights. Three triple, triple title main event yet again. UFC is spoiling us. Yeah, but they got like 20 belts, so they can do that. <laughs> that, is, that is very, very true. Think about that. They traded They traded possibly the greatest, uh, forgive me for if I get the wrong um, division, but they traded possibly the greatest bantamweight champion of all time and Mighty Mouse. They just got him out of there because they're like, oh, we don't need him. Mm-hmm. For Ben Askren. I mean, that was, that was because that division was, was going to close. Because uh, it he beat just, everybody. Yeah, it, it, but he didn't. He didn't. Um, he didn't sell perfumes. He didn't uh, get those pay per view points. So the whole point of shipping out um, uh, DJ was because he was just wasn't. He wasn't pulling in the money where Ben Askren would. He, well, he would have potentially pulled in the money. Then we get Henry Cejudo, who, who basically saved that division and 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 carried it, uh, brought the fans back and. And now it's, it's as flourishing as ever uh, under Figueredo. But when they traded him, he was the reigning and defending, shout out to Paul Heyman, mm-hmm. bantamweight champion. And arguably the pound-for-pound pound best fighter in the world. Probably still is, because he still ain't lost over there in Japan. Mm-hmm. 
So like, he's one is in Japan. If I'm not correct, right? Yeah, he he won the recent uh, Grand Prix, uh, and he's going up against the 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 uh, flyweight champion. I think later on this year, sometime. But that, but that's just that's just the level of ignorance they got with their divisions. Like they have so many, and I, I mean ignorance in a good way. Like it's almost it, it's like it's like you ever seen a rapper or or a rock band that got so many. When Fifty Cent came out with "Give It Your Die Trying," he had like ten singles on like a fifteen song track, and mm-hmm. the five songs that weren't singles. We got just as much play on the streets as the singles, so it's like you have to, you have a dearth. There you go. That's a big word for you. A dearth of content. So they have a dearth of people that they could throw out, and like you know, and because Namahumis and um, uh, who did she fight at the last fight she had when when she lost the belt? Um, she lost it uh, to Andrade. She yeah. Lost, she lost the title to Andrade. Uh, no, uh, she lost a title to Andrade via slam. Uh, Andrade then lost the belt to uh, Whaley. Yeah, Whaley. And then uh, Rose fought Andrade again and beat her by split. And, but, th- but that was the, that, that Rose fight was the main event of a pay-per-view. Yeah. Now they're the, they're, the third, <laughs> they're the third fight on a pay-per-view card. I mean, Rose is an absolute star. The the only issue with with Rose is, I think she struggles uh, with the the kind of limelight, the pressure of being yeah. in the, the the title match. You've got to remember, this is a woman who who beat arguably the the best female fighter we've had in Joanna uh, Jujetic, and then the pressure of being champion, the pressure of the all eyes of the company being on her, uh, that's when she ended up uh, dropping the belt to Andrade. And she's only had four fights in four years. Um, and the, she, she only recently came back like middle of, of last year after 18 months out, out of the picture. Uh, because, she she, well, yeah, she, she, um, she got that win back against uh, Jessica. Um, did she do enough to... to be in this title match, I don't know. But the thing with the strawweight division is Whaley uh, has cleaned it out. This mm-hmm. she's twenty uh, fat win streak. Um, she hasn't lost in in eight years. I think she had her first loss and her only loss was actually a debut fat. So she hasn't lost since that debut. Um, but she again is someone who who hasn't fought on a regular basis. Uh, she won the title in twenty nineteen, beating Jessica. Uh, she defended it against Joanna uh, uh, March last year, so it's been a full year since she's last fought. So it'd be interesting to see how this fight goes down, whether either of them have any kind of like uh, octagon rust or anything like that. But if somebody could not wear Lee Zhang out, it's definitely Rose Namajunas. For the record, shout out to the fact that you said Joanna's last name because she's forever Joanna champion. She could never win another championship. She's forever just like uh, my boy is Korean Zombie. We'll never, we'll never say his name. He's Korean Zombie until he dies. Um, uh, so UFC 261 is going to be a fantastic fight. Unfortunately, I'm sure so much of the conversation is going to be about the controversy, if it is controversy to some people, about it being full and whatever happens afterwards. But I think it's going to be a great, a great card. Mm-hmm. I want to take a break. Um, we have an abbreviated show for y'all today. I want to take a break, and on the same uh, vein of talking about um, the UFC trying to fill a stadium, well, you know anything Dana going to do, Vince going to try to big, big, you know, big it up. So we're going to talk a little WrestleMania and some WrestleMania stadium news. So while we take this break, uh, go to prowrestlingtees.com slash the chair shot. Buy some stuff. Please. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? 
Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. Go to powerslam.tv, promo code ChairShot. Get your free month. Again, that's powerslam.tv, promo code ChairShot. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. So, you know, it's funny to me, Max, because for two people who have openly expressed their friendship and adoration for each other, boy, they show to be fighting each other, dog. Vince McMahon and Dana White, like, Vince will tell you his competition isn't other wrestling companies or isn't UFC. Mm-hmm. It's Disney. It's Sony. It's Fox, right? Mm-hmm. Nah. UFC is that boy's, is that, that is his boy's competition. And UFC's been killing. WWE's been doing fairly well for themselves, too. But WrestleMania season is coming around here. We're three weeks away. Three? Four or three? Uh, yeah, the the 10th and 11th of, of April, so yeah, just over three yeah. weeks. And um, stupid that we got a pay-per-view this weekend, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but yeah, WrestleMania's coming up, and remember last year it was supposed to be Raymond James Stadium, but they said, nah, we're bringing it back, run it back. Mm-hmm. And they got to go ahead to do this thing at near half capacity. Yep. Worrying, absolutely worrying. This, um, if I remember rightly, this was actually meant to be in uh, in Inglewood this year. Obviously, we yeah. are with our California saying, "Nope, fuck that noise, uh, no <laughs> events." Uh, they they flipped back to the Raymond James, uh, and I think it was ordinarily going to be pretty much like last year's WrestleMania, where there was no fans, um, but. Florida is open for business, and uh, you were telling me earlier on that they've got uh, permission for half capacity, which is, what, 25,000 people? Both nights. Both nights. Jesus. I'll tell you this, though. I'll tell you this. I am not for that many fans seeing seeing it. Mm -hmm. But you spoke about it earlier. In an open-air setting, in a stadium that big, being sold in pods and having spacing, it has shown to have been at least safe. I'm not going to say it's worked, but it's been at least fairly safe. And it's going to, the the performance that those guys and girls are going to give for hearing real fans for the first time in a year, like, this is this might be the greatest WrestleMania, and it could be a terrible card, but they might give the greatest performances of their life because of the adrenaline of hearing those people at least 
UFC's had cards with with people. WWE has had nobody main roster, nobody for a year. And 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 another big difference between the the two is. Uh, I think UFC has, has kind of thrived with having no uh, no crowds because it's allowed the fighters to uh, hear the corners a lot a lot easier, and they've been able to uh, put on better fights. And it's not predetermined. WrestleMania is predetermined, and it's there to take the fans on a journey. Uh, for UFC, the fans are. Um, as an income support, income supply. They don't really have a big effect on what happens in the ring, in the octagon. But with uh, with wrestling, the wrestlers thrive off that that uh, support from the fans, and things can change in the match to keep those fans going on this roller coaster of emotions. And they've not been able to do that. Uh, we've, I mean, who can forget last year's WrestleMania where Drew didn't get the moment he so deserved uh, of having. 25,000, 50,000 fans uh, cheering him on when he when he uh, won the title. He never got that moment. Hopefully, we will get back to having those WrestleMania-style moments again. Um, I just My concern is, is it at the, the risk of the health and safety of, of those fans willing to, to shell out to go and see it? A year out. We're a year out from... The pandemic, because I think the official shutdown started in mid in the around the Ides of March. Yeah, the last WWE event that had fans uh, was uh, NXT on March eleventh, twenty twenty, and that was at the PC. Mm-hmm. I, ironically enough, it was at the PC. They had a special show for fans at the PC, and they just kept it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you, in hindsight, with the years hindsight behind you? How do you what do you, how do you look back at WrestleMania thirty six? It it just happened. It will never be a WrestleMania that I'll particularly go back and, and watch because there was outstanding things things on there. I mean, some of the matches were great. Uh, the the triple threat ladder match uh, with one member of each team was was solid. Uh, Kevin Owens uh, is as brilliant as always. Um, Edge and, and Randy Orton um, how can you go wrong but it's just because there was no fans there Boneyard is all time great match though I think Boneyard is an all timer yeah it, it's the standard bearer for, for cinematics but it's I mean even the the Firefire uh, Funhouse match with uh, with John Cena it's it was kooky it was different it was it allowed Bray to use that that eccentric wrestling man that he's got. Great storytelling. Uh, the way he was able to take a decade of of uh, wrestling uh, storylines and and weave it into something that actually made sense. Um, that was very well played. Kudos to to Bray for that. But because there was no fans, because you didn't get that uh, that reaction, um, yeah, it's it's going to be hard to go back and and and. And want to rewatch it. I mean, you, so to your point, I, I normally don't. I like to rewatch manias, but I don't watch them. I don't watch the matches unless they're great or something about them I liked. Mm-hmm. But but that's me in general because, as I've explained, and I know people, their heads explode. But the in ring product to me is, is the least and most important part. Like that's the that if that is the bottom of the totem pole to be a wrestler to me. You have to. I think to be a rest, to be a great wrestler, if you have, if you listed out thirty things, in ring ability is the least, most important. I think personally, because all the other shit make is what makes, right? Is what makes it. Because ultimately, if you're just great in the ring, go fight in the UFC. Mm-hmm. Can't do the rest of the shit. Then what's the point? Um, so oftentimes I skip through matches except for big moments that I remember, or I watch matches that I liked or finishes. But I go back and I watch the entrances. I go back and watch the pomp and the circumstance and the and the, the, the kind of the things that make Mania Mania. I haven't gone back and watched other than the Boneyard, which I've went back and watched a couple times just because I think it's dope. I haven't gone back and watched it. And I don't... You're right. I mean, they the matches were good. I won't say great, but they were good. Like, Becky and, and, um, Becky and Shayna was a good match. It wasn't great. It didn't have enough time. It needed a crowd. Charlotte and Rhea was really good. It needed a crowd. 
right? Even Bobby Lashley and Aleister Black, who was really good, needed a crowd. Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins, the bump, fantastic. The match, fantastic, needed a crowd. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's 90% of WrestleMania moments are because of the crowd, because of how the crowd reacts. You look at That's... WrestleMania 18, Hogan versus The Rock, uh, the, the whole face turn, that doesn't happen without the crowd. You look at um, Shawn Michaels super-kicking Ric Flair, uh, I'm sorry, I love you. The crowd pop, massive. You look at... Um, uh, yeah, Brock beating the street. Massive yep. crowd I was reaction. there for that. I yeah. was there for that. You don't say. You've never I, mentioned that at all. I was at WrestleMania 30. <laughs> I was there. And true story. So, you know, if you've been watching wrestling as long as we have, you can kind of tell when things are happening. And the F5, for as as big a, as big a move as it is, if you're a really good wrestler, you're going to kick out of it at least twice. That's just what it is, right? Yeah. When he hit him with it the third time, I was like, I don't think he's getting up, dog. And when he pinned him, I need you to understand, like, nothing about this is exaggeratory. Everything I'm saying is, is literally fact, okay? I have never in my life heard that many people silent. Not even, like, quiet sitting on their hands, but, like, true dumbstruck. awe. Dumbstruck. And the beauty of WWE is that they didn't ring the bell. They didn't say anything. They didn't play his music for, like, 30 seconds. To let the the, the, the questioning, like, did this really happen? And then it's not until Paul Heyman comes in the ring and grabs him, and then you see on the screen... 21 and 1 and you're like oh my god it happened and then now mind you this is the same night WrestleMania 30 is one of all time greatest WrestleManias you, the, the pre-show was fired because the pre-show had a fatal four way between the real Americans with Swagger and Cesaro the Usos Big Show and somebody and I don't know but the, it was a good match and then you start the show with Brian and Triple H. What, the best opener ever, my opinion, in WrestleMania history. Sorry, Brett and Owen. That is fantastic. The post-match, everything, right? You keep going. Cesaro comes out of nowhere to win the damn first Andre Battle Royal. That was fire. You have Bray Wyatt's first ever match at WrestleMania against Cena and one of the best entrances in WrestleMania history. And that's one of the best matches of that card. Fantastic match. Then Brock breaks the streak. And then right after he breaks the streak, AJ got to come out and defend against 14 women. And they got the crowd back. Give them all the credit in the world for getting the crowd back. Yep. And then you got your boy Randy Orton coming out to ref theory. Brian coming out, forgetting he damn near broke his shoulder, and yesing for like 40 minutes after he did the unthinkable. It is one of the greatest four hours of your life, whether you were there or not. But being there, there will never, ever be a card I'll go to that tops that. Wow. And, and, and there you just said four hours. That was only seven years ago, and WrestleMania was four hours and arguably one of the best WrestleManias that there's ever been. Last year's WrestleMania was two four-hour shows. And, yeah, it's it's largely one that you you wouldn't revisit. Yeah, but I don't think it's because of the card. It's because of the crowd. Yeah. Because yeah, absolutely. The, I cared about the card. The card was massively interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Like, even, even those lesser matches nobody remembers... Um, Kabuki Warriors versus uh, Nikki and uh, and Alexa was a fun match. You know what I'm talking about like it, it had some, Cesaro had a match on the on the show against somebody. Some uh, I he fought Drew Gulak. Drew Gulak, yes, it was fun. Like it was a good card. It's just nobody cared because nobody was there. <laughs> um, but I'm excited to see. What happens? Just like I'm, I, look, I'm keep it a keep a buck a buck. I'm gonna watch UFC 261. I'm gonna buy that thing like I like like all the rest of them, 
and I'm gonna complain to myself, ain't nobody gonna listen, and they're gonna fight, and I'm gonna enjoy it. Just like April 10th, April 11th, I'm gonna be in my chair watching them boys in Raymond James Stadium. On Peacock. On Peacock. And you're right, which is something I gotta get used to saying. (laughs) And watching the Almighty and watching my tribal chief, your tribal chief, our tribal chief, handle business. Let's go. I mean, I mean, that's if that happens. It's three weeks out, and there's Don't only potentially four matches. Don't do that. Don't do that. Is we, okay. Do you want to start? Do you want to guess the rest of the card? Because like you can tell. No, I'm, I'm, I know that I can see that they're they're building up, but it just feels really weird that we we're going into uh, the the last month before WrestleMania with. Very little of the card like they formulated. Had, had to build up a whole last paper you three weeks ahead of time. That's right. <laughs> I know. Maybe don't have two pay per views between the Rumble and WrestleMania. Maybe not. Maybe just one, one. Yeah. one has always worked. Elimination Chamber makes so much sense to me because if you couldn't get through the Rumble, you got to go through the last, Steel. Last, last chance to learn. Yeah. I get that. But dog, the fast lane just out of nowhere. Fast lane exists solely for Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan to wrestle. I, I'm I'm convinced. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the four fights that uh, are potentially going to be on the card so far is Reigns versus Edge. That's going to be a banger, absolute mm-hmm. banger. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lashley versus McIntyre. Brilliant fight. Really, really invested in both storylines there. Uh, the New Day uh, versus AJ and Omos. And then uh, the, Sasha the, the most important one for me, um, the Sasha Banks versus Bianca Miller, two women, proud women of colour, fighting for a WWE title. If that doesn't headline one of the nights, there is something seriously wrong with WWE because that is that is bankable absolutely bankable I would agree with you until Bobby Lash got the title have it over three nights you might as well I mean look they already got the whole week Monday Night Raw to uh, Tuesday Night Hall of Fame Wednesday Takeover Night 1 Thursday Takeover Night 2 Friday Night Smackdown WrestleMania Night 1 WrestleMania Night 2, Monday Night Raw, supposedly, quote-unquote, the first NXT. episode of Tuesday. I, I, look, until they say it, I don't believe it. Mm-hmm. Until WWE comes out and says it, I, I don't believe it. And I think now to close out the show, um, I'm going to ask you something that I didn't even mention uh, in the pre-recording. Uh-oh. Did you watch AEW Dark Elevation? Nope. Okay. So I did. I don't normally oh, watch Dark because for me, uh, it's a pointless show. Uh, all you, all it is there for is to uh, boost the numbers of of the talent uh, in terms so, of wins. So eighteen matches in an hour doesn't do anything for you. <laughs> I, I wish it was an hour. If it was an hour, I'd probably watch it. It's the fact it's it's fifteen to twenty matches over a two hour show. Uh, yeah, but I've watched Elevation because it was the big show's first uh, show. Uh, hmm. <laughs> That's how we started this conversation off. Yeah, um, but I, I, do you know what? He grew into the role. Big Show started off really, really nervously. You could really tell uh, the way he was repeating himself over and over again, uh, but. With Tony Giovanni at his side, you could tell he quickly uh, got confident and he really got into it. I thought he was a, he was one of the highlights of the show. Um, I liked the little extra vignettes that they gave to uh, kind of like uh, uh, throw more character into some of the the, the main AW uh, uh, talent. That was fun, but this was just AW dark, dark. It was exactly. The, I'm not even kidding. It was exactly the same. 
it was a, a big star versus a not uh, a, a jobber essentially, um, and it it just ended up being it might as well have just been dark. I don't get what the elevation part of of it is. If it's if it's just about the the promos and the character uh, analysis, that took ten minutes of a two hour show. Uh, I don't think I think we don't need this. This is now six hours of AEW content uh, on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and th- oh no, Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays. Um, that's a hell of a lot of content. Uh, all pretty much wrestling. Yeah, it's a. Uh, it's not something I'm going to watch on a regular basis. Let's put it like that. Two questions. Two, okay. two follow-ups. Number one. Uh, well, let me say that. Let me say that for the second question. So um, my number one. And damn, it was a good question, too. I lost it. But let me, th- let me ask the other question first. Um, talk to me about uh, Kenneth and Seidel and Tony Khan's debut as the on-screen authority figure. Okay, Which so do you remember him saying that he would never do this? He would. Ne- oh, I remember. Was- I remember every. I remember everything AEW has said that they've lied about. But clearly, only me and you and Kyle and Carl are the only ones that remember it because nobody else does. Yeah, it's it's he's becoming a parody. The stuff that he does with the the uh, impact uh, paid ad- advertisements. <sighs> He's, he's trying to be Vince McMahon, or he's trying to be maybe no. He's actually probably more trying to be Vince Russo, with the way he, he is. Um, yeah, it, I mean, it, it did what it needed to do. I mean, they had Kenny on the show to make it uh, to get the viewers in to make it seem like this elevation is going to be a big deal. I don't think it's going to happen on a weekly basis. Um, but the 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 point was that the the Sardells had a match. Uh, Mark, I think the yoga instructor, the the, the relatively new wrestler, uh, he won a, an opportunity to win. Uh, he said he was going to climb the rankings. He was going to get a title shot. Uh, Kenny gave him the title shot instantly. He lost. Um, uh, Max had a lost, and then out pops uh, Tony Khan saying, "This is not how we do it around here. You don't have the authority to to sign these matches. So uh, this match is going to happen uh, nine days from today." On AEW Dynamite, uh, yeah, it was a Vince Vince Russo style promo. Question. Okay. Isn't he an EVP? Kenny, he is a. He's the least EVP of all the EVPs, I think. Outside is the work he does for the women's division. He doesn't. He's not like the Corday or the books where he he tends to flaunt. His EVP, but he is yeah. one. But he is certainly an EVP. So, by the nature of his position, doesn't that mean he can make matches? It's a it's a predetermined show, Ray. Oh, okay, my bad. <laughs> my bad. You're right. I'm thinking too deep into it. I'm thinking with logic in a non-logical situation. Second thing is, okay, I want you to guess how many guess how many wrestlers are contracted to wrestle for AW. It's it's got to be very hard now because every time someone's had about two or three good performances, they suddenly a poster coming out saying so and so is all elite. I bet it's eighty plus ninety-two. Wow! Now hold on, hold on, hold that thought because I want to get your real reaction. Guess how many wrestlers are contracted to wrestle for WWE on Raw and SmackDown both together? Okay. Um, I mean, this is plucking a number out of out of thin air. I don't think it's it's as high as that because, Baggy, you do there is a lot of people who are sat backstage and twiddling from. I'd say it's it's close to even say about eighty. Ninety-two people in AAW are signed on both Raw and SmackDown together. There's ninety-five. Okay. So for two shows that are, for the most part, kept separate on two different nights of the week, different rosters, 95 people. For one company, same roster, strewn across three shows, in which the same people wrestle on every show, mm-hmm. 95, 92. 
I don't understand what the goal is. I have no idea. Uh, I think it, the 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 aim, I believe, was to be an alternative to WWE, and now I think it is just trying so much to be WWE. My brother, as my as my as my brother Christopher Platt says, you can't out hustle a hustler. You can't mm-hmm. out grift a grifter, right? I knew they never wanted to be alternative. However, the grift, the hustle, wasn't convincing y'all that. Because think about it. Think about it. AEW Revolution was their biggest sold pay-per-view by far. Mm -hmm. And then they went and immediately had two major dud moments and that led into their lowest rating of the year. It's not coincidence. It's because they're selling wolf tickets, as the old folk down here in the South would say. Yep. Shout out to uh, Nate Diaz and Nick Diaz. Oh, that is him. Yeah, they do say that, don't they? Eh, well. No, I'm glad you brought that up because I did. I was curious if anybody watched it. So thank you for doing what nobody else was willing to do. I mean, to be fair, it, when I watched it, 475,000 people had already watched it. So... Um, they got a big hit in terms of Big Show. Uh, whether that'll translate um, going forward, uh, I wouldn't be so sure. I'm just going to actually check the AEW um, YouTube. YouTube page to see what what Dark and, and stuff usually gets. While uh, you're looking that up, that's the, that's the positive and the negative of YouTube. Because the positive of it is, it's always going to be on there, so the numbers are going to always look great because it's going to continue to be a continuous thing. The real numbers, I think, that are pertinent are the live numbers, how many watch the show live, because that tells you how many people are interested in the moment. Now, part of the reason why you put it on a medium like YouTube is so that you can watch it whenever you want, which is why WWE's YouTube channel is like number six in the world. Okay, right? so, so Dark went up eight hours ago. And it's had sixty-one thousand views. Um, That's about right. That sounds about right to me. uh, AEW Elevation uh, has done so far six hundred and fifty-two thousand, which is far outweighing everything else on their YouTube stream. Or apart from like the little vignettes with uh, with uh, highlights from the the main show of Dynamite. Uh, Last week's um, Dark had four hundred thousand. The week before that had 450. Um, so, yeah, Elevation so far is, is outshining anything that Dark has done so far. So, okay. okay. Inter- just something, just something, uh, something to, keep interest, to keep in mind. Um, streaming numbers are drastically different than r- cable rating numbers. Neither of them really fucking matter, but you know, you know how we are. Uh, but it's interesting to think. Um, and you know what? We talked about WWE and UFC. AEW's been putting on shows outside with fans longer than both. Yep. So, um, anything else you got, man? Are you ready to get here? Yeah, we, I think we've uh, we've talked the people's ears off, covered uh, quite a few topics. Uh, just some really quality entertainment coming your way in the in the next month or so. So, yeah, keep your ears to the chair shot for all the fallout from it. Next week, we take on wind chimes. A heavy <laughs> six minutes on why wind chimes suck. Yeah, I mean, dream catches over wind chimes any day of the week for me. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I'm getting a Oh, that happened already. Oh, my bad. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. My bad. We'll find something else to talk about. <laughs> where, they, where can they find you, Max? Okay, so you can find me on social media, on the Twitters, at DJ Kerber. I will be uh, later on this week making my uh, DWR debut. Um, I've also maybe been drafted into a a WrestleMania uh, rundown show as well. So I'll be all over the chair shot over the next few weeks or so. So check me out on there. Are you going to drink some of that proper Number 12 behind you? I may do. I may not. We'll see. 
Uh, well, you know, hey, shout out to you. Uh, continuing to lead to Conor McGregor's drunkenness and richness. <laughs> um, he sold his shares in the company. He doesn't own the company anymore. He still gets money though. He he got he sold his his stake, which was forty. He had forty nine percent of the company left, and the company sold for one point two billion. Yeah, like why are you fighting, dog? Just like live your life, bro. <laughs> What reason are you like Habib has the greatest job in history? Habib just trains when he wants, and like all these boys in Dagestan, hey, I'll get you ready. <laughs> That's the greatest job ever, and then just get to do what you want all day. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm at Israel Cash, by the way, R E Y in Mysterio C A S H as in dollars. I know this is a little shorter for y'all, but this is probably the longest chair shot radio of the week. We hit y'all with a week, an hour and a half every week. And uh, to quote the late, great Michael Clark Duncan from Green Mile, I'm tired, boss. Yeah, we's tired, boss. Uh, so we're going to hit you with something cool next week. I don't know. Uh, we'll, we'll give them a, a fun show next week. I don't know. Think, let's think of some cool every, stuff. This was a fun show. We'll give them a fun show this week. Don't be ungrateful, listeners. Enjoy the chat shot. <laughs> <laughs> Just be ungrateful. And while you're, being, while you're not being ungrateful, go buy some t-shirts. Yeah, definitely buy a t-shirt. For, in um, fact, if you've been ungrateful and expected more, go and buy a t-shirt as, as reparation for that ungratefulness. That's your penance? <laughs> yeah. Hey, we out of here, man. Have a good night, y'all. And uh, what we tell the people, bro? Don't forget to always use your head. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off, my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.